Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Fightful Pro Wrestling. This is your Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor post show. It is myself, Denise Salcedo, and I am joined by my bestie, Will Washington of Grapsity. What's up, Will? What's up, Denise? Can I tell you, I friggin' love pro wrestling. And this is one of those nights I can say that again because, God damn it, I love pro wrestling. You know, this was a definitely a fun night, and it ended with a good, and I, I know we're jumping the gun here really quickly, but it ended when you said, I freaking love pro wrestling. I thought you were going to say, motherfucker, I love pro wrestling. I thought about uh, that for Jack's a second, and I was like, should I be swearing this early in the, uh, in the stream? <laughs> hey, but, you're not swearing. You're quoting. You're quoting true. a quote that was said on the show. That is very, very true. How are you doing, Denise? I'm doing great. Honestly, like today's pay-per-view was, it felt so short, man. I couldn't believe it. Once we got to the main event, just like minutes before, when I, I it, you know, it didn't dawn on me right away. I see them coming out and I'm like, oh my God, it's time for the main event. Let's do this. It really just went by uh, really fast, I think. Um, but before we go ahead and, you know, start talking about everything that happened on today's show, uh, just some quick notes, guys. You all know how it works down here. Uh, please. Please help and support uh, Fightful in general. Help support Will and myself here today. Uh, send in any Super Chats or Humper Chats, whatever you guys prefer. If you want to get your question, comment, or statement read on this show, uh, it's a good way to get your thoughts in here, feel like you're part of the show, and also help us out. It really does tremendously. So once again, feel free to send in any Super Chats or Humper Chats, and we are going to go ahead and run down uh, this show here today. So let's go ahead and kick the 
things off, I, I need to start off by saying this before we get into the zero hour. So Will, do not be mad at me, but I didn't get to watch and wait till you hear what I have to say. Okay, so okay. I didn't get to watch zero hour and I was so upset because I started watching it and I was like, all right, here we go. I'm good. I'm in my seat, this and that. But then I was couldn't get a bigger screen and I was trying to get BR live all over to cast on my computer. I spent at least half hour trying to get BR live to work on my TV and just there was so much of the issues with the casting and this and that, that it was a nightmare. Before I knew it, I had done some sort of voodoo. I don't even know what I did, said a bunch of prayers. And next thing you know, I, well, I ended up mirroring it. That's how it ended up happening. I ended up having to mirror, oh, yes, from awesome. my laptop onto my TV. I had to mirror uh, the show. It ended up working out, but unfortunately I did get to miss a lot of the zero hour. So I'm gonna have to throw you the floor here, give you the floor, Will. Please let us know. There was a lot that happened on the show. What went down for the zero hour? Kind of give us okay. a rundown. Yeah. Uh, and I, I will say that my Bleacher Report experience was mostly okay because I was able to get it going. Here's the thing. I watch a lot of like old pay-per-views that I have in my Bleacher Report app. So I pretty much have it down to a science of knowing how finicky this app is. And it's like, when it's spinning this way, that's when you can cast. Uh, but if it's going the other way, then you can't. The only time it died on me was during the main event of all times for the pay-per-view no, to die on me. And it took me maybe like, so I missed like two minutes of the main event. And luckily it was a long enough main event to where that didn't make a difference. But I had that issue. Um, but for the most part, I, it streamed pretty clean from the beginning of the, uh, the, what is it called? Zero hour, zero hour. Right, zero I, hour. I'm not sure. I'm like, kickoff show, no, buy it, no, zero hour, that's right. The pre-show, that's all this is. Uh, but yeah, so I did get to see the pre-show as it went, uh, but I'm still going to pull up the results just because uh, I want to make sure that I am speaking and speaking on things correctly. First match was Colt Cabana versus Anthony Henry, who was accompanied by J.D. Drake. Uh, Colt Cabana, one, love hearing his solo theme again. It almost disappointed me when he joined the Dark Order and all of a sudden I didn't get boom, boom, hitting every time. And so to see him back in like full-on Colt Cabana form, uh, which we did get to see a little bit of at uh, Super Card of Honor, but seeing it here again. And he just reminded us in a really fun match. Uh, it went about 10 minutes uh, that he still got it. He's still fun. He's still Colt Cabana. Uh, and there were a couple of times in there that I actually bought for a second there that J.D. Drake's uh, interference would assist Anthony Henry and getting the victory. But at the end of it, I'm like, why did I buy any of that? Of course, Colt Cabana won. Uh, and he won decisively, cleanly. Colt Cabana remains a Ring of Honor staple. And uh, it was a fun match, though. It was fun. It was a fun way to get the crowd going. It was a fun way to get them started. And uh, first thing we got to see was, like, what the Ring of Honor stage was going to be. And presentationally, we got to see the new graphics. But the stage was the... Uh, the older stage that we're used to but the camera angle was shot more like an aew show and you could see it ringside it was mostly like aew crew aew security it was aew reps um this was an aew production as a matter of fact i mentioned to you i texted you right before this simultaneously right now some people are currently watching the uh the post show scrum 
uh, with Tony Khan and that's you know, right. And we're not there. So this who, is the first well, time. I don't know who is there to be uh, honest. I, know a few I don't know who there. went down to the show. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, I, I know um, Nick Hausman. You know, oh, Nick Hausman. Yeah. Nick Hausman's yeah, everywhere, man. He's, <laughs> he's everywhere. Gonna, he's he's got it covered. There. I saw Jay Shell is there as well. Uh, but that's the thing is like, I realized this is the first time you or I have not been at one of those this year. And instead, we're doing a podcast. So. But it was nice, though. It's nice, though. It's nice <laughs> it was to be nice. at home. It was nice to just pop in and be like, hey, it's time to chat some wrestling. That's one of the things that I personally do miss is immediately following the pay-per-views is like I don't get to tell people my immediate thoughts. You know, it, it, it doesn't happen until the following day for me. So I do kind of like having the experience to come on here and be like, hey, this is what went down on the show and all of that. Yeah, but instead, we're just like not there it feels weird though if because i haven't watched the pay-per-view at home in so long that's uh, why i didn't know what the hell was going like everybody would always talk like smack on br live right and i'm thinking like okay fine they're having issues and then today that's when i had a taste of you know my own little medicine with the br live where it just wasn't working out for me and i was like i get it now i get why all the people were complaining i haven't watched on br live in years because i'm always yeah, at the shows it's it's been a while same i haven't had to do this in a long time uh and so it was just a little bit different but fun nonetheless uh i don't know i'm i'm interested i, I will watch the the post show scrum and i've also got like people's notes coming up here so in case anything happens i'm glad you're here watching by the way i just want to let you know <laughs> that i'm glad you chose us unless you got like a split screen thing going that's going to be kind of weird because it's just people talking i was gonna but... say you're totally promoting you know aew's media scrum and people are gonna <laughs> yeah. be like oh that's happening peace denise and will no, I, no i'm glad you stuck with us and look if anything major comes out of that and i see it pop up in my twitter feed i will let you know immediately so that you don't have to leave us stick with us it's will and denise uh, All right. It, it, Anything it, it, else you want to add match. about the pre-show? Um, I mean, just that. So, th so there was that match. Um, and we saw a couple of others. We saw uh, the newly formed team of uh, the Trust uh, Trustbusters, uh, which is Ari Davari and Slim J, take on the Shinobi Shadow Squad. Um, and uh, that was mostly. It was a fairly short affair, and it was really just to get the the Shadow Busters established. It was interesting because we saw that promo for Ari Davari on. Um, rampage last night and then uh yeah like here so and he was supposed to be like what i think it was like coming soon or something very yeah. soon i guess or was but, it coming next week it was something along those lines right but then it's like oh but he's also on this uh zero hour i'm not i want to say pre-show i want to say buy-in i want to say all the terms uh so i'm probably just going to interchange them here the most interesting thing to come out of zero hour here was that we cut backstage to a segment that has lexi nair interviewing prince nana yeah oh my god prince nana as far as back as the mid-2000s one of my favorite acts in independent wrestling um and he announces that with all of his riches if you're not familiar with prince nana this man is basically <laughs> the uh nigerian prince gimmick that ends up in your inbox from time to time um and Prince Nana is is a rich man, and he's so rich, in fact, that he bought Tully Blanchard Enterprises, uh, and it's no more. Basically, the group is now the embassy, and so we're just like done with TBE, I guess. Uh, and he announces that he's taken over the whole group. He will be accompanying them from here on. TBE is no more. It's the embassy. The embassy. One of the better acts to come along of, from Ring of Honor in the last two decades. So I'm down with this. 
this immediately led to the six-person tag match that we were going to see, which saw the embassy take on Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppin. Um, it was originally totally Blanchard Enterprises, so immediately when it's like, no, this is the embassy, I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll see here. Um, and oddly enough, much like Team Taz, I actually believe that uh, Prince Nana is a better fit for this group than Tully Blanchard could have ever been. Fully believe that. That's and I think it. people had like that reaction too. Like when he came out, it felt like a, you know, it felt like a pretty big deal for those that, you know, had been following Ring of Honor and all of mm -hmm. that. Yeah. It felt more true to yeah. classic Ring of Honor. And so that was really cool. That said, once again, much like Team Taz, Brian Cage doesn't fit again. Uh, where I felt like the odd man out here, much like I did with Team Taz, is Brian Cage. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, he's the only person who, again, feels like he doesn't belong in this group. And that is a crying ass shame to me that uh, he just does not go in factions. Well, maybe it's because, you know, I mean, you look at him and you look at the size and you look at how he is. I, you know, I liked him in Team Taz, so I feel like a little bit differently in regards to that. I know, you you know, people can say what they want, but like for me, I actually really dug Cage in Team Taz. I think it was just more so of like a lot of how things went down that maybe you can say, oh, me, you know, he didn't fit in this and that. But I was actually a fan of him in Team Taz. I didn't. So it was one of those things where him and Taz was a good combination. Once you brought Starks in, he completely eclipsed him on the mic. And then once you brought uh, Hobbs in, then it was like, and Hobbs is kind of better muscle than him. And so all of a sudden, the two things that Brian Cage brought to the table were being like outclassed. Taken away. Yeah, they were outclassed by the other two guys in the group. And suddenly he felt like the third rung in it. And again, here it was like, he was the first to team up with Tully Blanchard. And it's like, okay, this could be cool. But then like, Khan is so much more physically impressive than Brian Cage that, again, I thought, damn, outclassed in his group again. So I don't know what's going to happen here. I feel bad because I don't dislike Brian Cage, but it is weird that every opportunity he keeps getting in this scenario, he keeps getting outclassed. This was a good match, though. It was a good showcase match. Um, this was the longest match on the... Um, Zero hour. Oh, yeah, on the zero hour. I'm going to get it right eventually. But uh, the embassy really got the show out. Uh, I feel like uh, Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Tony Deppin got to uh, make us believe that they could hold down the embassy and they could defeat them. Uh, I bought into it a little bit of like, oh, they're going to lose their first match. That's not right. And then, of course, it never ends up happening. So either way, I thought it was a good showing for them to start. But uh, the final match of zero hour featured one of my favorites those of you that know me and know the podcast i host know that i'm a big willow nightingale mark that oh is she's this. a sweetheart yeah she's she a sweetheart is, she is and uh i am a believer in willow nightingale when her music hit the crowd going nuts for her, and uh they were chanting for it throughout the match she got to show out and defeat solidly decisively allison k Great showing here from Willow Nightingale. Uh, again, and so this is one of those that was designed to sell you on the show. And I feel like it did what it needed to do. And so that was Zero Hour.
Sweet. Well, let's go ahead and get into some of these super chats and let's see what people are saying so far. Then we'll get some more stuff in. All right. So we got Van Twinblade who says she screwed Will. I love it. This is still getting over, man. This happened like <laughs> weeks ago. Look at me. People were yelling uh, that at you, by the way, at Warrior Wrestling from the crowd. I don't know if you noticed that during the interview. No, I couldn't hear it. People were even yelling hear it. that at you. It was so great. <laughs> we got C. Romero who says to Denise, this is Will's show, poser. So take a stroll. Grapsity in the house because that's how we roll. Yuda versus Garcia was a sleeper. FTR versus briscoe's damn i'm the most over heel in fightful pro wrestling <laughs> rights now i got the people like c romero sending money just to come call me things i appreciate you c romero uh, let's see what else we got in here uh we got so many of these here we go this one is from brent lockman who says uh brain can't process the greatness we just saw looking forward to you trying through uh just incredible main event and overall show we'll get through all of that good stuff we got greg pooling in here who says ali and i want to say thanks tonight uh thanks for tonight denise uh you're welcome uh uh, Gre- uh greg and ali they got to watch the show for free today because they won my giveaway so thank you so much for coming in here today Dang, we got steve romero too huh so you're a heel who gives away how can that be I don't know what to tell you, man. Sometimes You're I just You're supposed to be, be working against the crowd. <laughs> working to get cheered over your competition is, <laughs> is not how this works. I'm a tweener. There you go. Yes. You know what? I'm just like, I don't even know what I am anymore. C. Romero sends in a super chat saying, Serena Deep selling her match perfection. Was it me or was it the crowd not mic'd good? I feel like they were loud, but it wasn't picked up. Uh, let's talk. We'll talk more about the Serena Deep stuff later, but I do want to touch on this with the mic situation because I did notice that in the beginning of this, like pretty much throughout the show, there were some portions where it did kind of feel like the crowd was a little bit low in terms of like the miking and whatnot. I felt that too. I thought that. Just going through, so because this happened a few weeks ago when AEW was in Independence, Missouri, where I was there in that crowd. I thought it was a loud-ass crowd that was just hot for everything. I get on Twitter, and everybody's like, man, this is the deadest crowd I've seen AEW have in a while. And I was like, there's no way it was mic'd properly because I was there. And I was reading people who were there in the building say, man, this crowd is hot. This crowd's on fire. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, eh. And so I, 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 I think there was definitely a miking issue here for sure. No, there totally was because you could even tell like there was moments where you can like kind of hear and you can see, you know, we have eyes, we can see the visual of the crowd and their reactions and whatnot. But then there was moments where there was moments, though, where the crowd wasn't necessarily hot for some stuff. And we'll talk about that more later on. But there was the situation with the mic and all of that. We got Brent Lockman, who says Prince Nana showing up and randomly buying a whole faction was the most Nana thing ever. It was. It was absolutely like if you haven't seen Prince Nana, if this is your first exposure you to Prince Nana because you're just now getting in a ring of honor. One, shame on you. But two, you are in for a treat, assuming the embassy goes as advertised. And Garrett Frenson's in a super chat saying, I'm camping with crap internet. Just glad I watch you guys in 480p so I can find out what's going on. Thank you, guys. Man, thank you for watching us on 480p. I probably would have tuned out already, to be honest. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, let's go ahead and also I'm trying to get all of your uh, the ones that are making sense to us right now. Uh, this is from it's Isaiah who says after watching Grapsity, glad you're still with us. Will what happened? Oh, they uh, oh just is learned, it because of the okay? The, the, the I thought yeah, something gra- happened to you on the show. No, I was like, uh, what? People are just now learning that about me, so it's just a new thing. Yeah. So. Andy Springer says the show rude love that the uh, bigger moments were at the start and in the end. Denise and Will are reminders that I'll never be that naturally handsome. (laughs) What? (laughs) I appreciate it, but don't bury yourself. Don't. No. No, especially because I'm looking at the picture and like, 
you look like a charming fella. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I see it too, man. I see it too. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get right into, uh, actually, we're sitting, we're getting so many super chats. I'm trying to get them all organized here. Um, We got one here. Let's get into the Humper chats that actually pertain to this topic really quickly. And uh, let's go ahead and kick things off with uh, this one here from uh, Ryan Lambert, who says, seems like everyone always gets rid of Brian Cage, kind of alluding to the point that you just made right now, Uh, Will. And then we also had one from, uh, well, might as well just get into the actual main show now. But before we do, Will, That's it's right. time. Yes, because we've got a little bit of a word from our sponsor. And that sponsor is StarCast 5. That's right. StarCast 5 is going to be the biggest StarCast yet. July 29th, the 30th, and the 31st, Nashville, Tennessee, at the Nashville Flair. Uh, Fairgrounds. Panel shows include Renee Paquette's sessions featuring Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson, who we just learned, is returning to the ring this week. So there's going to be a lot to hear from Renee Paquette and Brian Danielson. That's already a duo we love to hear from. We love them on Talking Smack. You're going to love them here. Uh, Soraya turning the page. There's a- What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Also, the last ride of the four horsemen and Bret Hart 30 years later. And StarCast will be capped off, as you see on your screen, by Ric Flair's last match, taking place Sunday night at Nashville Municipal Auditorium, featuring some of the best talent from MLW, AAA, Impact, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, and more. And announced matches include the Briscoes versus the Von Erics, Motor City Machine Guns versus the Wolves, Impact World champion Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu, Rachel Ellering, Deanna Perrazzo, and Jordan Grace in a three-way knockouts match. Killer Cross versus Harry Smith, Ren Narita versus Clark Connors, Ren, uh, Ray Phoenix, Bandito Torres, and Laredo Kid in a four-way match, which you know that's going to burn. And finally, the show will be headlined by the final match in the historic career of Nature Boy Ric Flair, which will see Ric Flair teaming with his son-in-law, Andrade El Idolo, to take on the team of Jeff Jarrett and a man who competed tonight, Jay Lethal, 
And if you're going to be in the Nashville area, head to StarCast.com for more information on StarCast tickets, meet and greets, and last match tickets. For those of you who won't be in Nashville, head to RickFlair'sLastMatch.com to pre-order the event and watch the incredible docuseries Ric Flair, The Last Match, with new episodes every Monday at 6.05 Eastern, which is a time that, if you're familiar with Ric Flair's career, is a time that should be burned in your brain because you've heard it your entire life. StarCast 5. You've never been to a StarCast. This is the time to do it. It's always a fun event. Um, every time I've gotten to be around StarCast, every time I've gotten to be at StarCast. Again, if you've never been to that type of experience where you get to see your favorite wrestlers just kind of all in one place and you just kind of get to walk up and talk to them, it's it's surreal. And uh, I always recommend people do it at least once. And if this is your once, StarCast 5, Nashville, Tennessee, this uh, a week from today. So starting next Friday. So uh, actually 29th, 30th, and 31st. I forgot. It's actually the 23rd today. StarCast 5. Thank you very much, Will. All right, let's go ahead and get into this main show, everybody, because we got plenty to talk about here today. And we're going to kick things off in a very big way because they kicked off the show today with the Ring of Honor World Championship title match. That is right, Claudio Castagnoli versus Jonathan Gresham, the champion. And I got to tell you, this was, I, I'm going to start off, I want to run down a couple of bullet points and then we'll go ahead and jump right into our thoughts on this one here. So I want to start off by saying that I liked the way that they explained this with the whole coin toss saying that they did a coin toss prior to this to basically decide you know what match was going to be the main event etc and this match I thought what was good about it was that you know obviously Claudio and Jonathan Gresham they have a size difference but I kind of feel like that's what made this match even a little bit more fun to see and I want to give credit right off the bat to uh Seriously, commentary, I thought did a phenomenal job. I thought that Caprice and Ian just did a phenomenal job. But right off the bat, I want to give some credit, some kudos to Ian, because immediately he made sure that he kind of educated the crowd and basically told people, like, this is why we're seeing Jonathan Gresham and Claudio Castagnoli sort of, you know, on the same level, you know, just basically letting people know, like, they are equals regardless of the size difference. They are equals. And I really liked that he kind of just did that right Right off the bat, because I think that added a lot to the legitimacy, especially because you, we can't assume that every single person that is watching a uh, ring of honor that they're, you know, been watching forever or that they're familiar with everybody. So I like the fact that he actually went ahead and did that like immediately off of this match. Now, there were a lot of moments that I really enjoyed throughout this match. I did wish, Will, that it was a little bit longer just because there were some things that I was like, oh, you know what? I would have I I think given some of the other matches that went a little bit longer I would have liked to see maybe some of those minutes added to this match just because you know it's your it's your championship match I feel like you want to give it a little bit more time but the moments that I did love during this will I loved the freaking spot that uh Cesaro and Jonathan Gresham did when Claudio. he had like the excuse me Ces Claudio <laughs> how many times do you think that's gonna happen uh, I mean didn't you do it at the last press conference? Too? I did it at the press conference. Too. I was like, Cesaro, so Claudio. <laughs> All right. I'm so used to saying Cesaro. Hey, it's been years. All right. Anyway, so Claudio and Jonathan Gresham, when uh, he basically got him in that like deadlift, like gut wrench suplex spot, like on so the impressive. ropes. 
dude, that was impressive because like, I, you know, people can argue, you know, Jonathan Gresham's size, but regardless, like you could literally do that to like, try to do that to anybody and the positioning and all of that, like, that's a hard thing to do. And it came across as just very, very impressive. So I like that. I like when uh, Claudio tried to attempt the like airplanes, uh, the airplane spin, the airplane spot. I wanted to kind of see that the airplane spin with the no hands. Uh, I think I would have liked to see that executed. So I was a little bummed when we didn't get to see it. I think it would have looked really cool, but obviously, you know, Cesaro hits his trademarks, you know, the uppercut, um, then he hits the elbows. Then he gets the Ricola bomb and uh, finally gets the win becomes champion. Uh, this is his big moment. I'm not surprised that he won the title. I was expecting it. And I kind of feel like now with Claudio as the champion, it kind of feels like this was um, the official like first champion for like this Tony era of Ring of Honor. Like even though obviously Jonathan Gresham was already champion when Tony was running the show, this kind of feels like the, I don't know, like the, the official start of the Tony era. So Will, what were your thoughts on this match? And how do you feel about Claudio getting the title? And did you enjoy this match? I enjoyed the match. Um, yeah, I agree that it should have been longer. As a matter of fact, um, I had a hunch, and now that I'm looking at the official times, uh, there was a match on the zero hour that was longer. So um, I, I and I had a feeling something to me felt like one of those matches was longer, and it actually was. Uh, I will say that I I recognize that in the modern era of wrestling, because a lot of people, especially older fans, are used to the idea of the term curtain jerking right that was a term that used to be around that really doesn't work anymore because the term meant that you were the first on the show you were the opening act you didn't really matter um whereas i think in the last 15 years now the first match has really for a long time been the match that that gets the crowd hot that's the match that gets people going and so i think being especially like you watch dynamite you see how dynamite structured it's always the most important two matches are the first and the last those are the, if you're not in either of those spots, then everything else is kind of below that. And so I feel like this was structured in more of a dynamite type way. Um, I appreciated uh, that the, um, that shout out to my dude, Bobby Cruz. Um, he popped the crowd in, in a way where I, nobody was really expecting that match to go on first in the way that uh, he starts off with the following contest scheduled for one fall. Takes that pause. It's for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And that's a great way to pop a crowd uh, when they're going to get the title match first. And uh, I was a big fan of that. Then I turned to Twitter. And uh, Twitter, not a big fan. Twitter uh, immediately saw this kind of the same way that a lot of older fans saw it, which is, um, oh, shit, we have jonathan gresham in this position um so we can already tell this is about to be a burial like they were already down on it uh i wasn't feeling some of the negativity on that aspect of it now that said i also see that a lot of people are upset that jonathan gresham um lost the ring of honor world championship uh to, are you really i I'm saw more people that were excited for claudio uh, you don't follow enough black people because people were upset about this. Uh, and they, and I, I get it. I do. But I also, if you watched Beyond Grapsity this morning, uh, I predicted that it would be Claudio for the reason that obviously Ring of Honor is in the process of securing a TV deal. We might even be hearing about what the details of that are during the media scrum. 
I don't know. But uh, I felt like if they were going to try and sell the brand, I feel like Claudio is a guy they're going to uh, try to sell the brand on. That he kind of fits the mold of, um, I don't know, big, strong dude who can do it all in the ring. And I think... Jonathan Gresham, I love Jonathan Gresham. I've seen Jonathan Gresham uh, in many different promotions just this year. Guy had a killer match at Terminus just a couple days ago. Uh, Jonathan Gresham is that guy. That said, uh, I do know that when Jonathan Gresham is on screen, and it's a really unfortunate thing, if you turn, again, the mistake I made, I see you, chat, uh, of turning to Twitter, is the fact that Every Jonathan Gresham match that ever airs on TV turns into a debate about his size uh, every time. And I saw Jordan Grace uh, tweet about it earlier of like, why do we do this? Like, this is a thing that he doesn't have any control over. But at the same time, he's he's a great cerebral performer in the ring. I love his targeting of the leg. Um, I love the fact that Claudio uh, started with the swing rather than ending with the swing. And it really felt like he could have done that swing for a really long time. Um, I actually liked the video package beforehand, which established that Claudio had done so much in Ring of Honor. He got a lot accomplished. He's a former Ring of Honor tag team champion with Chris Hero, uh, the Kings of Wrestling. But as far as Ring of Honor was concerned, as far as any promotion he's performed in is concerned, that man has not won the big one. He has not had the world championship and so that was a big deal here and one of the things if you've been watching claudio back in wwe or even before wwe but it's especially before wwe going back to his chikara days all of that the one thing that he did best was worked with smaller guys that was his almost his bread and butter when he got in there with a luchador forget it that's the thing he did best and so and you I, saw it in this match honestly that's like that's what you're saying like the whole you know height thing coming up like we can say it out loud but that doesn't have to be a disadvantage it could be an advantage and they made it work in this match yeah, and that's how I felt about this, right? That, you know, Jonathan Gresham, I thought, filled a role that Claudio is very familiar of having um, opposing him, which is that you, he has a smaller opponent that uh, is taking advantage of uh, of Claudio's size. I almost did it. Uh, of taking advantage of his size, um, targeting his knees, targeting um, various portions of his body. And he works with that so well that I thought the, the moment this match was announced, I was like, okay, it's Claudio versus a smaller guy. It's Claudio versus Ray Mysterio. Seen that a million times. And it was great every time. This was another case like that. I thought it definitely, when Claudio hit his finish, my immediate thought was, okay, this is a finish that he's just now getting established and no one's kicked out of it yet. And I don't think anybody's going to kick out of it now. And sure enough, one, two, three, that was it. See, here's the thing. And I know that you're saying a lot of people are mad and also because it's the opening match, but I feel like there was a lot that basically indicated that this was the direction that they were going to go in. To me, it felt really freaking obvious. And yes. well, you know, not everything is always set in stone and, you know, you can be so positive in a prediction and all of that. But to me, it felt very obvious that like, hey, you know, uh, Claudio coming off of his, you know, WWE run, let's be real. He's got that buzz coming off of that. And we've seen, uh, and you can, Hey, you know what? 
you can talk about MJF's promo where he says that, you know, if you're an ex-WWE guy, you get put in these very special spots. Uh, you can even argue that if you want to throw that into this. But I just feel like it was very obvious that Claudio was going to be winning this match. And that's why I said in the beginning, you know, I knew that people were going to see this as like kind of a diss, you know, having him um having the ring of honor world championship defended in the opening match and, you know, kind of making seem kind of making it seem like Jonathan Gresham is less than. And that's why I liked instantly that Ian Riccoboni basically said like, no, this is, you know, this is, you know, basically adding to that credibility of who these two people are and why they're doing this. And they explained it right off the bat. And to me, it was also very obvious that we were going to be having FTR and the Briscoes main event because that's like the big, you know, matchup that everybody's talking about. And we're talking about heading into the show, excuse me. And also, you were at Supercard of Honor. It was another case of, uh, like, hindsight on that one was that that should have main evented that show too. Uh, Like, obviously, you had the Joe debut, so you couldn't really do that. But, like, FTR versus the Briscoes was – the hottest match on the show. The crowd was insane from the moment the entrances began. They were screaming for everybody. It was top guys, them boys, top guys, them boys. And I, you know, if you looked back at that show and so, and were learning from any mistakes made, the biggest mistake made was you killed the crowd after the hottest match, FDR versus uh, the Briscoe. So like immediately your thought doing that match again should have been, this match goes on last. I don't think that was the wrong call at all. Also, hate to say it, and it's really just the build and where things had gone. This world title match was the fourth most hyped match on the show. When you think about the fact that Joe versus uh, Jay Lethal had been built since, when was that show? April, when Satnam Singh showed up? Really, it's been built since the main event of the last show. When and Joe we've been consistently hearing about it, too, on AEW television. Yeah, like that match had way more hype than this one did. Um, and really, Wheeler Yuta and Dan Garcia also had a lot of hype going into it um, and had been built on TV a whole lot. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This one just kind of ended up happening when Claudio came out on Rampage and said, uh, he didn't even say anything. He just came to the ring and then uh, acknowledged that he's challenging for the title. This had the fourth most hype. Like, I appreciate that it still got put in a prominent position, in a position to keep the, to get the crowd kicked off hot. I thought it was a good match. I probably would have had it go longer. Um, I have concerns over the fact that uh, Jonathan Gresham deleted his Twitter immediately after the show. Wait, Jonathan uh, he, Gresham deleted his Twitter today? He, deactiva- he deactivated, like, immediately after the match. Shut up. I did um, not see that. Yeah, so there's a lot of questions about that. I don't know what's going on, but... Uh, Wait, because he was getting stuff? Because he was mad? Do we know? Did he tweet prior to this? He didn't. He just went and deactivated. Is it because he just didn't want to hear people's criticisms or critiques of the match or complaints? <laughs> I don't know. But Come on, I'm, Will, I need to know this stuff. I know, I'm interested, but obviously I'm not going to dive into that right, right now. Right, of course. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for pointing that out because I didn't even know 
know that he deactivated his Twitter account. That's news to me. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into some of these. Uh, once again, guys, if you want to get your question, comment, or statement read on here, send in a super chat, send in a humper chat because they help us out greatly. And it also gives you your opinion to be read on the show. All right. So here we go. This is from It's Isaiah who says that the Claudio match seemed off to me. Uh, not sure why. I guess, you know, depends on how you felt about it, right? Um, Oscar Villanueva says, kind of feel bad for Gresham. Good wrestler, but Tony Khan evidently wants to go a different direction with this title. Uh, do you want to add to this, Will? Um, I mean, you, you know, it was tough, right? Because the, the Jonathan Gresham was a champion he ended up with. And ultimately, every booker on the planet wants to, especially when you're the head booker, which is interesting because WWE for the first time has its first ever different head booker. But uh, every head You really booker... want to get started on that, Will? You really want to start <laughs> the drama up on this place? I, I already got to talk about that today. Yes. And it was a hoot. Yeah. Uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful. Check out City every Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, but the... So starting out as a new booker and you're kind of inheriting all your champions and it's like you kind of want to go in your own creative direction jonathan gresham was a champion that tk did inherit that wasn't somebody that he had necessarily planned on i mean you had the the whole bandito controversy and everything that went down there with uh um, final battle last year and all of that but like ultimately the plan was always going to be for jonathan gresham to walk away with the title but that wasn't necessarily the direction that uh tony khan was planning um tony khan has very clearly been watching ring of honor since 2002 um and you know he has a soft spot i notice for the history of ring of honor the the embassy is is here hello sorry i am currently being joined by my cat um so i apologize your cat looks like a skunk (laughs) With the little white stripe. I'm like, well, that's a cat. Yeah, this is my cat. This is, which one is this? This is, uh, which one is this? This is Lily. Um, Lily. I have two cats. They're both black cats, but one of them has white. One of them looks like a skunk. (laughs) Yes, one of them looks like a skunk. But anyway, so... yeah, you're saying like he, oh, yeah, you know, he, kind of, he kind of inherited you and he inherited right. but that he sounds soft, kind of weird but he inherited yeah. Jonathan Gresham as a champion right that's yeah, why I and, said and, earlier and the point on I was, yeah, yeah and what I was saying though is Tony Khan clearly has a soft spot for the history of Ring of Honor we saw that he brought back the embassy tonight um you know immediately upon signing Samoa Joe it was like oh you're going in Ring of Honor uh and Claudio Castagnoli of course having the history in Ring of Honor uh I think was something that he and, Rick, and Claudio Castagnoli had for previous title matches uh they talked about uh death before dishonor i think in 07 where he did get the challenge for the title but came up short and so they we talked about the fact that he's had these world title matches in ring of honor but never won the big one and i think he was more about that history the older history of ring of honor than maintaining what they had established really in those final pandemic months and that's the thing. That's why initially, like the second I saw, you know, Claudio, you know, holds up the bow, it really was this indicator of like, okay, this is the new era for the, you know, Ring of Honor, the Tony Khan era of T- Ring of Honor. And so to me, it was very uh, crystal clear that, you know, first that that was going to be the, de- the decision heading into it. And then secondly, that's how it felt, you know, afterwards, uh, seeing the victory and all of that. Uh, we got a couple more comments in regards to this match. This one is from Notorious Gerg, who says, uh, seemed like Gresham didn't want to be there. He didn't come out in his usual gear and just went straight to the ring quick, maybe upset with outcome. 
I don't know. And I don't want to speak on that because I feel like I don't want to like, I, I just, I didn't get that when I was watching this match. I didn't get that. You know, I don't know if you kind of noticed that, but I personally did not. I did notice and Phil Lindsay had tweeted that he noticed there was really no pomp and circumstance to, uh, of course, because that's Jay Lethal's entrance. Ha ha ha. But no, there was no pomp and circumstance to um, the uh, Jonathan Gresham's entrance. He felt like it was very just quick and to the point. And, and it's felt like even on uh, Rampage, we've seen more out of Gresham's entrances than that. So that was something that I noticed maybe a little bit. Um, I didn't take enough from it, and I don't like to make assumptions along those lines because um, I have people I can just ask for that, and I haven't done that. So um, I'm not going to make any assumptions on this show here. Right. All right. And let's go ahead and uh, really quickly, let's get this one in from Brent Lockman, who says the Spanish announce table, not us. So many amazing moments from Caprice. He did a phenomenal that job. And that line popped me. That was during Caprice. the main event, but it was still a good one. Caprice gave a lot of shout outs that I was like shocked by uh, throughout the show where he talked about uh, he mentioned Roxy and he was like, and she's in wonderful hands right now. And, you know, he was bringing up Shane Taylor promotions um, and he brought him up a few times on the show. And I just thought, uh, I thought that was a name we were not going to hear on this show, but uh, nah, Caprice did his thing and I love it. Good for him. Good for him. It, it worked yeah. out fine. Clearly, we noticed. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next match here. Uh, the second match of the night we had was for the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championships, and we had Delton Castle and the boys versus the Righteous, Vincent Bateman and Dutch. Um, I got to be honest with you. I think this was a match that I personally felt the point was crystal clear for me, uh, getting your belt back. To these guys, you know, uh, Dalton, Dalton is with a ring of honor. So I figured, okay, this is very crystal clear. They want the titles back over here. You know, Vincent's doing his thing with impact wrestling. I don't know if he signed fully with impact wrestling or if he's on a, a per appearance deal. I'm not sure on that, but regardless, he's doing his thing over there in impact wrestling. So this kind of felt uh, very crystal clear to me in terms of like the outcome and the purpose behind this match. At least this is just me assuming. Um, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't care for this match. I didn't think it was good. I I didn't think it was entertaining. I kind of felt like it was very, uh, there were a couple moments that got a couple of people that were, you know, excited about it. Uh, I think Dutch going over the top rope, it got a nice little pop there. The German suplex from, uh, the, the, the German suplex that Castle did on Dutch, that looked great too. That was fine. Cool. Uh, Dalton eventually gets the win for his team. Uh, I have it before we get into the uh, my little thing of what I think the championship belts could be in this picture. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because you seem to be disagreeing with me, Will. And that did you do you agree? Do you disagree? Did you like this match? Share your thoughts. <laughs> um, I I like Dalton and the boys as an act. Um, I don't know that I care for them as wrestlers, and uh, that's kind of a disconnect I have. In these types of matches, again, this was another case of feeling like, like you said, uh, getting your getting your ring of honor, and I mean your being Tony Khan, uh, getting his ring of honor under his order? control. Yeah, getting everything in order, getting everything he wanted in place. And in this case, it felt like uh, Dalton and the boys, you know, obviously we've seen them on Dark. We've seen them before. Um doing things with ring of honor and AEW. And so we knew that this was going to be a case of getting those belts back over under the Tony Khan umbrella. He did. And it, it 
wasn't that long. And uh, as a matter of fact, this was officially the shortest match on the card. And yeah, it How was- How long was it? Nine minutes and 40 seconds. All right, well, I felt all those nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't feel like this was the shortest match on the card at all. That's why when I, I literally had to ask you how long this match was because it felt a little bit longer to me. Uh, I'm sorry. I just, I, you know, I feel bad being like, oh, like I didn't like this match. But truthfully, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I like something when I don't like something, you know? No. Denise is going to give you complete honesty. Me, on the other hand, I'll just blow smoke up your ass. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, <laughs> you sugarcoat it a little bit. I'll remember remember a little our bit. time Look, we were doing Raw, we had the whole he's tall moment? <laughs> yes, that's great. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, you and I have to address the, the Max Dupree stuff at some point. Because, we'll save it for the end of the yeah, show we'll at some point. Or, I don't know. Uh, we'll but, see. We'll see. But, okay. I've got to say that uh the reason i don't have a massive opinion on this match is because i was getting dinner at that point and so it's like you didn't care well it's okay to say you didn't care about this match i was preparing my dinner i looked up you didn't even you were like nah screw this match i'm gonna go get my dinner look i could see you i can see my tv from the kitchen but yes i was preparing my dinner at this point and i'm i had tacos by the way in case anybody you think you'd be preparing your dinner during a freaking samoa joe jay lethal or during ftr and the briscoes no you probably wouldn't be no unless you were i don't know what you do no i mean it's street tacos like uh, i had uh it was very good by the way Shout out to my wife upstairs. She's not dead. I was actually just going to say, say but... <laughs> why are you making it seem like your wife is dead? No, she's... you were like upstairs. I was like, the f- no, I, I, I do the, I do this show in my basement. She's just I totally like, snorted she's... right now. It's because you were like my wife, and you were pointing up. I'm like, bro, she ain't dead. I know she's physically here. Poor, um, poor right, woman. Right she makes you brilliant tacos, and you're out here putting. She needs to... Oh man, I'm gonna have a little chat with her. <laughs> she's out here busting her butt, making you some brilliant tacos, and you're out here telling everybody she's upstairs. She is upstairs. She's physically upstairs. Uh, but okay, so let me let me post something to you okay, here really quickly. Please, well, go ahead. Um, you know, hear. I was kind of thinking about the you know the championship belts and this and that. So just an idea. Um, what do you think about these? Because you know we've all been waiting for the AEW trios belt. You know that's been a really big conversation. Um, what do you think? Why are you looking at me like that? What do you think about <laughs> these? I've heard kind some of... stuff that I can't say right now. Okay. Well. What do you think about these championship belts kind of being those belts that we see uh, kind of defended on both brands, on you know, Ring of Honor and AEW? Oh, what do you think about think, that? Hate it? Don't I, hate it? I don't hate it. I don't think it's going to be the case because okay. I, I, there's there's stuff happening. Uh, that's all I'll say on that. But uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was funny that uh, poor um, Stefan Smith referee – uh, gets handed the three belts and he's like trying to like lift them and hold, you know, it's very easy for tag titles to just lift one. Uh, I was hoping he would just like hold one in his mouth and hold the other two up. You're like, yeah, this is the tag titles, but he ain't get to do that. Alrighty. Well, let's go ahead and press on from here. After you buried my idea, you're like, nah, that's stupid, Denise. And it ain't happening. Shut up. <laughs> thanks. Look, thanks I sugarcoated it. I didn't say you that. Did. I could have said you that. You know what? You but... could have just told me straight out, Denise, that's a stupid as hell idea. And that's not what's happening. I, think, I can take it. I think AEW would be better off. Fine. I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. Go, sure. go for it. I think with the amount of trios AEW has, I think they are better off establishing their own trios belts simply off the idea of 
the the trios within the company when you've got groups like house of black and you've got the elite you've got the undisputed whatever the fuck they're going to call themselves adam cole and red dragon um you've got uh the best friends and you have various combinations of the dark order there's so many things you can do there that i feel like the lineage should start in a company that has already spent the last three years establishing trios rather than bringing in belts from elsewhere now with that being said, because I completely agree with you. But with that okay. being said, the reason this idea even popped up in my head was because right now the Ring of Honor roster that we know of is very, very, very slim. And there ain't very many options, which is why I was thinking there's a lot of options over here and very little over here. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> Tony's got to figure that out with the Ring of Honor roster. Don't bring AW into that. <laughs> Alrighty, we've settled this. It ain't gonna happen. All right, moving on to the next match that we got here. Uh, we got the pure championship match between Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta. Now, when I was asking people, hey, what match are you really looking forward to? Besides, you know, FTR and the Briscoes, uh, Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta was one of the matches that I saw up there where a lot of people were like, this has the potential to be match of the night. This has, you know, all of this. You know, people are really excited about it. Um, in terms of this match right now, we got no... No comments from people sending them in in terms of Super Chats or Humper Chats, which is kind of telling me otherwise, but okay, this is your opportunity to get your thoughts in. So send any Super Chats or Humper Chats and prove us wrong here that people want to talk about this match because I think I want to talk about it personally, but let's get into it. So, like I said, this was a match that people were really looking forward to. And they, how long did this match go, Will? Do you got the time on here? Is that kind of, I do. I feel like 1555. Okay. You had a timer at the bottom. You could have just... Yeah, I know, but I forgot. <laughs> well, I had a lot on my plate, okay? So anyways, so 15 minutes, right? We had, They did a lot. Okay, in these 15, 16 minutes, they did a lot in this. I think that they uh, made sure to try to include as much possible in this match, and they had a nice little uh, a nice little build, you know? They, you had, you know, we we're seeing all of this grappling, all of this, you know, transitioning, some cool stuff that we got to see between uh, both guys. Some of my favorite parts are just moments that I want to uh, point out. Uh, immediately following that slap exchange is, I think, when it really kind of picked up and, you know, went into, like, a, a different level, right? It just, you know, went up a little notch Dan a little Garcia higher. going down from it was chef's kiss that was great chef's kiss like you said um one of the portions that i really liked immediately after the slap exchange was a uh, yuda doing the cross face garcia locking in the sharpshooter right after that but then yuda turning it into a bulldog choke and then right after that we get like the knees to the head of garcia to you from garcia to yuda um i really liked just all of that very quick uh you know transitionings and getting in from one moment into another. I really liked that. And I loved how it all kind of looked and how it ended up like culminating uh, to the finish where we finally see you to get the win with the, uh, he had like a, uh, like a backslide. Uh, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to explain that. Uh, whatever. Okay. Where am I here? Will help me out here. He had like a backslide. Uh, I'm blanking here. Backslide. Pin. Backslide. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Um, so the point that I'm trying to get at here, though, is I really do think that they did a lot in this match here to just kind of, I don't know, add to it. And I did build up. Will I say this was a and great was, match? And, and, and they're correcting you in the chat because it was the awful waffle pin. And Thank the you. whole point there Thank was you, that chat. it was Finally, learned. someone had my back here. And it, and it was what he learned from, uh, from yes, his thank time you. with Chuck Taylor. So with that being said, I do want to say this. 
I think this match was good. It wasn't necessarily great, in my opinion. I think that they kind of, like, it really wasn't until, like I said, um, until after that slap exchange where I really felt like it started to pick up this momentum. So while they did a lot heading into it, I just didn't think that it was necessarily, like, super great. I thought it was good. It was fine. It was an entertaining match. But I wouldn't put it up there with, like, one of my favorite matches in terms of, like, what I've been seeing throughout the entire year. I felt like... uh so there was story here and the story was what I was mostly into, which was that uh, we're here, pure rules. And the idea of Daniel Garcia, basically seeing this with such disdain and disrespect. And as far as he was concerned, he's just doing this uh, to, to humor the idea that he's booked in this match. But, you know, he came in, looked at the ring of honor logo, basically scoffed at it and was just feeling in total disrespect of the idea of pure rules. And then uh, that was, but as the match went on, you know, he kind of, is. It, it felt like before it kicked into high gear, he was just humoring these rules of this pure wrestling style that as far as Daniel Garcia is concerned, he's a sports entertainer. He doesn't give a damn about any of this. Uh, and uh, I like that. I also loved Regal on commentary throughout, by the way. But um, it came down to Wheeler Yuta out wrestling Daniel Garcia and that was a thing you know Daniel Garcia approached it from the standpoint of oh I've got wrestling down um I I know this stuff so I don't really care I'm not going to take this seriously and yeah it wasn't until the slap exchange that it became apparent that Daniel Garcia had to do what he had to do to get a victory but ultimately Wheeler Yuta got the the true victory, uh, I guess the seatbelt was was what it was. And that was the same thing he won with on Dynamite this week where he, um, uh, who did he pin? Did he pin um, Trent with that? No, he pinned Chuck Taylor. Uh, and so it's just continuing on with that story. I thought this was great. I had a lot of fun with it. Again, though, it was the story more so than the action. But once the action even kicked in, uh, it became kind of a hoot. And it seemed like more than anything else, this is not the end for these two. Uh, which is kind of a shame because I'm kind of done with uh, Blackpool Combat Club and Jericho Appreciation Society. And of course, I say that with a Brian Danielson match being announced this week. That's more Blackpool Combat Club and Jericho Appreciation Society. So uh, I guess I'm not done with it. Um, either way, I had fun with it. I liked it. Alrighty, well, let's go ahead and get some thoughts and see what people are saying here. Uh, this one is from Nathan DePaul, who says, did you to win with the Chucky T pin again? And we already established that. Uh, we also have Orion Ben 666, who says, Yuta versus Garcia was the start of a war until Grand Slam. Thank you very much for sending this one in as well. Um, all right, so let me go ahead and take these ones off here. Uh, let's go ahead and take a, a quick little blue chew break. Hello. Is your penis limp? Would you like it to be erect? Fortunately, BlueChew.com and the code Fightful is going to help you out an awful lot. Maybe you're having trouble with that. Maybe you just want the confidence. Well, BlueChew.com and the code Fightful is right for you. Free. Your first order is free. You just pay $5 shipping. There, there are a few other steps you go through. You consult with the online physician. If approved, it ships straight to your door in a discreet package. But your first shipment is free with the code FIGHTFUL. It's got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. 
but they work on your schedule or whenever you're not ready and you want to be ready, whenever the mood arises. It's in a chewable form, very easy, very simple. Help yourself out. Give yourself that confidence with BlueChew.com and the code Fightful. And we're back. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and hop into a match that I really, really enjoyed. And it was actually uh, it was actually my I hope I blocked the right user. I'm trying to block these porn bots. Did we block the porn bots already? Hey, hold they on. just have some blue chew. That's hold all right. on. Hold on. Let me see if I got the uh, it's not letting me block the porn bots. All right. Whoever can block the porn bots. Well, if you can do it on your end, it's not letting me on my ends right now. I just did. Um, Thank you. All right, cool. So, oh, thank you, Luis. I think that's why I couldn't block them because they were already blocked. But those damn porn bots, they were like, we feel you. Let's come in. All right. <laughs> Shouldn't have said it that way. All right. Blue chip. Moving on. Moving on. All right. I want to talk about this match because this match freaking rocked. And at this point of the night, I legitimately felt that it was a match of the night at this point. And it was really, it was Dragon Lee and Roosh. And I got to tell you, this was so much fun. Um, so all right. Where fun. do I even begin? Uh, let's see where I want to get off. There was just a bunch of different stuff that like so happened. Off. All right. Your terms tonight are phenomenal. And I was going to let like... Maybe three of them slide, but this is like the fourth or fifth. <laughs> I, d I don't know why I speak this way. It just comes down. That's not what I meant, though, okay? We all know what I... See, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Let's get into this match. All right, there was a lot of great moments during this, and I really feel like they just got the crowd uh, really behind them during this match. So some of the awesome moments that we saw here, Jesus Christ. All right, we got some really nice, you know, a tope from Roosh right off the bat. We got... um. Uh, Dragon Lee getting tossed throughout the bar barricades. And when uh, Roosh does that, it's very fun to see because he really goes in like full intensity, like full throttle. Uh, so that was really great. Uh, you know, obviously him just showing a lot of charisma, stomping Dragon Lee, all of that good stuff. We saw a dive from Dragon Lee um, to rush onto the table, which kind of looked a little sick because he like kind of got, barely got him in the stomach. So if you like, depending on the angle in which you saw it, will it almost looked like he just went straight into that table so it was kind of a little brutal to watch there a double stomp from dragon lee a really nice chop exchange between both of them uh inside the ring and even outside of the ring we saw a little uh exchange there uh belly to belly suplex where rush literally just freaking like throws dragon lee like to like he, like, he's a ragdoll, man. Then he does another one inside the ring as well uh they tease a count out after that we end up seeing um after the count out, we do end up seeing uh, that was when the second belly to belly happened. Excuse me. We see the bullhorns to Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee does the Liger bomb. So you essentially see both of these guys executing their maneuvers, their finishers, and both of them essentially not being able to get the win from there on. We end up seeing Roosh play a little bit of possum. And this it was very subtle, very subtle. And this essentially allows him to hit up to uh, execute the bullhorns again. And that is how he is able to eventually win this match. Now, I feel like I didn't do this match justice because it was so exciting to watch. And it was probably at this point of the show, the most different thing that we had gotten from all of the previous matches that we saw uh, prior to this. And I just think they went out there. They did a kick-ass job. Will, how did you feel about this match? Spot foo is my, uh, to steal a phrase from Righteous Reg, my favorite type of pro wrestling. And uh, 
yeah, they just went out here and kicked each other's asses. Um, I'm not going to go spot for spot like you did because uh, I feel like you did it justice. I'm just going to talk about how I felt. And how I felt was that pro wrestling freaking rocks. And uh, this is one of the reasons why. Uh, look, Roosh has kind of had a little bit of an uphill battle since coming to AEW. Um, I feel like most people who know Roosh's work know what he brings to the table. But if you didn't, uh, it's kind of hard to see it established. And I feel like even though this is Ring of Honor, I feel like we're still dealing with mostly the the uh, AEW type audience. Um, but yeah, it just felt like these two went out there and just went balls to the wall, kicking each other's asses, just doing crazy cool shit and great spots and, uh, and getting the crowd going and turning a crowd that was, uh, I feel like up to this point, also reached their highest point in the show. Um, now I feel like the main event is the true highest point of this crowd, but the crowd was way into this. Uh, didn't even have a vested interest in either guy. They could have taken Dragon Lee, they could have taken Roosh, but I feel like Roosh got to show out here and really show that he is something. I can't believe this guy is about to face after that is going to face Moxley on Wednesday. What? Um, I do have one recommendation. He needs new music. I know this is music he's been using since Ring of Honor. It's some of the most generic stuff that exists out there. Get Roosh some new music. For the love of God, get Roosh some new music. Uh, but otherwise, I thought that this was just a total kick-ass match that really, in the end, did what it was supposed to do in getting Roosh established as uh, a major player in what's probably going to be in AEW more than anything else. But I was just happy to see him get the victory here. Exactly. I feel like if you play your cards right, you got a real big star in Roosh. And so to be able to kind of just see him go out there and be like, this is why it's just like, it's the little things. There was a lot of little things that he did during this match that you're like, shit, this fucking guy, like he's got so much goddamn charisma. Uh, it was cool to see. It was very cool to see. And I think this match was very enjoyable. And I think this was like the, if you, this was a point of the show where I think it really hit like a high point in terms of just like general interest where I think most people can agree it was an entertaining match. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and hop into our, and actually, never mind. We got a super chat for this one. And this one is from Miguel Ortiz who says, uh, this chops during Bruce versus dragon Lee and tag titles match were so loud. My God, but this pay-per-view was very enjoyable. Agree. Thank you so much to Miguel for sending in this super chat. Um, once again, guys, if you do want to get your question, comment, or statement read on the show, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat or a humper chat. Humperchats.com. Uh, yeah, humperchats.com. Not only do you get your comments and your thoughts read on here, but on top of that, you help support Fightful, you help support Will, you help support me, and just all across the board. Thank you very much. All right, so let's get into this next match because I'm a little 50-50 on this next one, and it is the Serena D. Mercedes Martinez match um, for the ROH Women's Championship. 50-50? Um, yeah, I'm a little 50-50 on this one, Will. In one, what's in one of your 50 and what's in the other? Okay, because, well, now that you put me on the spot, you know. Like, I enjoyed this, but. I enjoyed right, it too, but that's why I'm 50 50. Some Denise thoughts. So we're going to even cross my legs here. Oh, I got Oh, that. thanks. Thanks oh, for throwing see. the floor. Just like, you know, let Denise share her thoughts. Yes, okay, my 50 50. Um, I'll start off with the parts that maybe didn't really like uh, work for me, I think, honestly. Uh, 
I had a, a lack of interest going into this match. My interest was uh, not that high for this one. And I'll just be completely honest. My interest was not really there. So I think that goes into the part where I really wasn't like completely invested in this. And usually when I'm not invested in a certain match, usually if it's like really, really great, I'll get brought up. I'll be like, screw how I felt before. This match won me over. And I don't necessarily think that this match did that for me. While I did enjoy that they got a lot of time, there was a lot of, you know, moments that I did like in this match. You know, obviously, you know, Serena Deeb, you know, she goes out there and she does, you know, really good submission stuff. So we got to see all of that play in there. And I did like that. Um, there were some fun moments in here, like Mercedes doing uh, like the like, kind of like a hanging dragon sleeper on Serena. I thought that was really cool. Um, there were some other moments when uh, Mercedes was upside down. Down, and Serena Deeb was just like kicking her on her back. I really liked that. Uh, the moment where Serena was on top of Mercedes Martinez's back and she was kind of like balancing her own weight and her own body on top of her while also stretching out her arms. I really liked that spot as well. Um, I did kind of feel bad though because when they kind of did, and I don't know if this was a mic thing or if this was legitimately like a crowd thing, but when they had that moment where they were both like kicking each other with both of their, their feet, that was supposed to be like their, you know, we earlier we saw that Every slap exchange that was really exactly that was really great and the people were like yeah i didn't feel like this necessarily got that reaction for it i don't think they got the reaction that they had kind of hoped for and so it, it kind of lacked a little bit of that pop during that moment there um the fire german suplex though that um from mercedes to serena i thought that got like the biggest reaction from the entire match so i did like that um serena biting the arms of mercedes we saw you know we saw kind of something similar to that earlier on in the night so i didn't really get like all you know it was kind of like a repeat thing to me um the the like the crucifix that mercedes was attempting i didn't think that looked very great um serena locked in the serenity lock cool but we finally get mercedes to actually win this match but i just didn't really think that even though there were some decent moments in this i thought as a whole it was still missing something so that's why I'm 50-50. Like, there was stuff that I liked, but it didn't win me enough. My interest level did not go up. like 30-70, Denise. Uh, pick okay, a side. Okay, fine. 30-70. <laughs> no, uh, I'm 50-50. 50-50. Yeah, I'm 50-50. I don't know, because you're okay, good. Okay, fine. Was, uh, Wait, 70-30 in terms of 70, me not liking it, or 30, me not? Where so are we I at? I went with good, bad. So Based on my review of what you heard, how do you think I felt about it? I think you felt more negatively because you oh, had a lot more to say about. You were like, well, okay, there's a couple of point, things I like, were like, but Denise, then here's a novel about be... what I hate. But... <laughs> well, because you were like, well, let me sit down. And so I was like, okay, well, now that I said I'm 50-50, I got to really prove my point as to why I felt 50-50. I felt 50-50. Okay. Pick a side, Denise. Don't. Don't just straddle the middle. I'm all right? scared. You know, what ha- you know what happens to I, people? I'm scared, Will, because every time I say I don't like something, people are like, you're the devil. That's when you just mute those And so I'm never scared to show my feelings here, you know? <laughs> okay, I will start off with a couple of notes. One, um, Serena Deep, not Serena Deep, Mercedes Martinez had new music here. I couldn't really like hear it. Uh, so I don't know. I'd have to give it a shot with on its own, uh, to know what the deal was there. As far as the match itself was concerned, uh, I agree with the fact that it seemed like, uh, it was struggling to pull the crowd into it. And there was very clearly some things in the match designed to pull the crowd in. It also felt like Serena Deeb had 
more of the crowd on her side. And that has been kind of a recurring theme in AEW. And I was thinking going into this that Serena D probably should get a victory here, mainly because she has come off so much like somebody who can't win it when it matters. And Thank you. Also, that was going to be part of my 50-50, why I thought Serena Deeb should have won this. Sorry, continue yeah. on. No, and I, I felt going into it, I thought that, you know, she was literally just Thunder Rosa's contender at Double or Nothing and couldn't win there. And uh, for all the stuff she talked going into that match about people not respecting her behind the scenes. Uh, and it seemed like there was some truth in the things she had to say um, as far as her feelings were concerned. And so for her to, again, come up short, I keep looking at it like there's no other place for her to come up. She's not going to be the one to beat Jade because I wouldn't do that if I were booking. And she's already had the shot against Thunder Rosa. It doesn't seem like there's another shot for her. So as far as she's concerned, she's just somebody who can't win the big one now. Um, and it doesn't really feel like Mercedes Martinez is really lighting the world on fire. Uh, and I felt that with this crowd, right? It felt like the crowd was really into deep. And wanted to see Serena win it, at least those who were into the match. That was another problem in itself, that the crowd was really silent. Um, I really enjoyed Serena selling. I thought that the um, the spot where she took the suplex off the uh, the top and, and was knocked out, uh, but then turned out to be playing possum. Uh, and I enjoyed that. I, I think Serena Deeb is a phenomenal seller, and that's one of the things that she almost doesn't get a ton of credit for uh, because she is so good offensively. I enjoyed a lot of the back and forth exchanges. I enjoyed the the submission stuff. You know, the biting was a thing where like, yeah, it happened earlier in the show, but that's also kind of a thing AEW's had a problem with since like day one where like five matches will have somebody biting in it. And so with this being kind of an AEW show in a lot of the way it felt, I thought, eh, it's just another thing that I've seen for the last three years. Uh, I was surprised that Mercedes Martinez got the victory and got such a decisive victory in the process because of the fact that, again, Serena hasn't had that major win. She's she's won a lot of stuff, uh, but as far as getting that big win that matters, like she didn't even lose the uh, NWA title on AEW television. Uh, which makes sense, but that was the place where she was most present as champion and had her most defenses. But then when she it actually came time to lose it, she didn't lose it in front of people. Uh, so she didn't even like get to have that end in a way where people actually got to see it, or the majority of fans got to see it. I don't know. I I liked this match for the most part. I lean more like sixty forty, I guess. Uh, Dang, you're making me feel bad. Damn, you can't. <laughs> you, I thought you were gonna be like, I love this match. It was a brilliant, and then I'm, all of a sudden, you're making me I mean, feel I, bad. I'm not a fan of the decision in itself, and then also, uh, the crowd just didn't pick up in the way that certain matches have the ability to pick up a dead crowd, and they didn't really have it. Right, exactly. Also, I'm gonna steer your line with uh, not lighting the world on fire because I feel like that's a nice way of putting things. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to steal that line from you, Will. 
Um, all righty. So yeah, I completely agree with you too. I really do think that Serena Deeb, I think at this point, especially she's been somebody that, you know, you kind of already ran down a lot of the work that she has done and, you know, people are familiar with her and regardless of whether or not, you know, you're a fan, I think that she does have the respect from the crowd as well. So I feel like when you think of all of the things that Serena Deeb has right now, it kind of, it's going against Mercedes Martinez a little bit because, you know, this is, an, this was an opportunity, I think for Mercedes to like win over the crowd and I don't necessarily think that that necessarily happened so it did kind of feel like the wrong decision but let's go ahead and continue on from here because after this we got Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal uh dude I freaking loved this I thought this was entertaining as hell especially because of the way that this match actually got started it like you know we already know the history between Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal and they started it like two guys that legitimately have beef with one another they started it hot and that was immediately instantly um would like you know, gravitated for you, like gravitated me towards it. It was like, okay, cool. We're getting started. Let's sit, let's buckle up. We're on this roller coaster and we're going right to it. So I personally really enjoyed the start of it to the point where I even forgot like, oh shit, at one point the bell hadn't even rung yet. And it wasn't until commentary said it where I was like, oh yeah, the bell hasn't even run. This hasn't even officially started. Uh, but, but it was because I had gotten so invested immediately into like, you know, this attack. So anyways, I, you know, finally we get the match started. Uh, I appreciate, oh, well, let me actually go back and rewind a little bit because I do have to mention uh, Satnam Singh's part where he came out during that brawl between Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe and ended up running Joe's arm uh, with the chair into the post. And so instantly, once the match actually actually kicks off, you know, Jay Lethal kind of has a little bit of the upper hand there, you know, going right after the arm of... Uh, Samoa Joe and so immediately after that you just kind of get a really good match I thought that some of my favorite portions of this I love that leg lariat that uh, Samoa Joe did I thought that was pretty freaking cool obviously once Jay Lethal executed the Lethal injection I think like getting that near fall uh, it, it made me kind of get like a little bit excited. So I did like that, even though I was definitely rooting for Samoa Joe, it still got me like pretty interested during this moment here. Um, The distraction with Sanjay Dutt distracting Samoa Joe and then having uh, Jay Letho hit him with the belt. I thought that was like fine because nothing happened after that. You know, Samoa Joe, he kicked out of that. And I liked it because the crowd had a really good reaction to this spot. So I enjoyed that too. Finally, you know, Samoa Joe gets the win. And I got to say, like, for what it was, I thought it was entertaining. Like the way it started, kept me interested. Enjoyed it all. I am with you on this. I, Ooh, I thought, thought you were going to say in disagreement. I was like, oof. All right, I'm going to just start starting everything like that with like a facial expression that completely disagrees with what you're going to say. Now, I'm with you on this one because I uh, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the shenanigans that, uh, you know, this being Ring of Honor, did I really need a whole lot of that? But I appreciated how the match got started uh, with, you know, it got started on the ramp. This was technically the most heated rivalry that this pay-per-view had going into it this like i said all this stuff started back in uh super card of honor but even satnam singh came into play here uh at the dynamite in new orleans um that had the weird ending that everybody hated that i got to drop the scoop on fightfulselect.com um but the of course yeah, as was pointed out, none of that stuff really mattered before the match. We got to have the the big moment where uh, Stefan Smith got to eject 
uh, Satnam Singh. And that's always a big crowd popper. So then we get into the ring. Samoa Joe at a distinct disadvantage because he's already been beaten up, ambushed before the start of the match. Um, and from there, I thought that this was one of the best showings that Jay Lethal's had in this is really an AEW show. Like I know it's Ring of Honor, but um, but since signing to AEW, like this is both these guys are signed to AEW, uh, and I thought that this was probably one of the best showings he's had so far. And that's not to say that Jay Lethal's even had any bad showings because he really kind of hasn't. Uh, I I liked his muscle buster attempt uh, because there's a piece of me that's like, there's no way he's actually gonna do it. But what if he does? Yeah. And then he didn't. Uh, but I thought for a second that he actually could. Uh, and I thought that would actually be kind of funny if he could at least even give him halfway. He couldn't. Uh, I also thought that, you know, on the really real, this is only what Samoa Joe's like fifth match in how many years? Uh, so that was another thing where I thought Samoa Joe looked really good. I agree. The leg lariat uh, was was a cool spot. Um, I bit on the, the title belt shot after Sanjay runs in and, uh, Jay Lethal clocks Mojo with the television title, but we got the kick out. We also saw the, he did hit a lethal injection. Um, and I went back to that Cody promo back in January where Cody had said that the lethal injection is the one cutter that people don't kick out of avoid, avoid, avoid. Uh, for anybody who remembers that promo. And he hit the lethal injection. Samoa Joe kicked out. And because that was in my head since back in January, I thought that was actually kind of nice to mentally call back to that. And I'm like, somebody kicked out. That's kind of a big deal. Ultimately, Samoa Joe wins. Coquina Clutch. Tap out. That's it. Samoa Joe still your television champion. This feud, hopefully over. And we move on to something else for both guys. Good stuff all across the board. We didn't get any super chats or humper chats on this one, but don't worry. That's okay. Uh, let's go ahead. And before we move into the main event, I really, really quickly want to go into the uh, lineup for Fight for the Fallen uh, and kind of talk about some of the matches that were announced for this because we got some good stuff. Um, we have the interim AEW World Championship, John Moxley against Rush. I think that's going to be really awesome. AEW Women's World Championship match, Thunder Rosa uh, against Mi uh, Miyu Yamashita. FTW Championship match, Ricky Starks against Dan Housen. And then Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Swerve Strickland versus Mark Sterling and Tony Nese. And with Keith Lee being banned um, from ringside. Uh, thoughts on this match that you're most looking forward to? Um, definitely looking forward most to Thunder Rosa versus Miyu Yamashita, um, mainly because that match kicked ass at Summer Sun Princess 22. And uh, to get to see it in front of the AEW audience in, I think they're in Worcester, Massachusetts this week, uh, which is historically, fun fact, it was the arena in which, and it's had a ton of events, but the most historical thing to take place there was Mick Foley's first ever title win. Um, which was actually taped in 98, aired in 99, because uh, it was on a tape delay. But uh, Mick Foley winning the title from The Rock took place in that very building. Uh, and so it'll be nice to see it in front of that crowd. Um, I guess, you know, as, as the resident swerve guy, uh, 
I am looking forward to seeing my edit of his theme song uncut by uh, uh, Keith Lee's entrance because it's aired now twice, but people haven't gotten to hear the entire thing because why would you? That's how their entrance goes. I actually, and people referencing in the chat that that'll put butts in the seats. I'm hoping Tony Schiavone says it just one time. He has to say that'll put butts in the seats. Or even if I were Tony Schiavone, I would, oh, like when uh, Excalibur does the whole introduction, it's Wednesday, you know what that means. Then Tony Schiavone, as they're painting across the crowd, should say, look at all the butts in the seats. And that would be how I put that reference in there, just because it's important to that building. Um that said, I'm also looking forward to Moxley versus Roosh. But also, I feel like the the Danhausen and uh, Ricky Starks match will probably be a short affair. But I assume this is how Hook comes back into play, which should be fun because we've been wanting to see uh, Ricky Starks versus Hook because uh, that FTW title is Hook's birthright. And so for him to finally come in and avenge his friend Danhausen, but like... He's also a member of Team Taz. He has to come into play here. I'm completely, looking forward to the show. <laughs> completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. All right, let's get into this main event. Finally, uh, obviously the match that people were most talking about in regards to this show, uh, the two out of three falls match, Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, part two of FTR and the Briscoes. Uh, Damn, like, so this was a very, very long match. A lot happened, and we got different portions uh, of a story uh, throughout this entire match. So a lot went down here. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and recap every tiny little thing, but just really quickly, no, I'll run down. I want you to recap literally everything. Everything. I'm just going to reenact the yeah, whole just, entire match right now. That's it. We've got 43 minutes that uh, Denise is just going to give us a complete <laughs> play-by-play we'll play rundown. Here's of the, the entrances. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see what we got. Uh, really quickly, let's just run down through a couple of bullet points uh, really quickly. Uh, so the Briscoes did win the first fall with the Doomsday device, okay? Uh, I want to just rough through, go through like some of the major points so that we don't get too caught up into every little thing that went down here. Uh, FTR did win the second fall with the big rig. And let's talk a little bit more about what went down during this final portion of this match, because during this final portion of this match, they had a ref spot where Dax accidentally punches the referee. And so during these moments, we kind of get two visual pins from FTR and the Briscoes. And then we get the big moment where FTR did the big rig and the briscoes kick out we get a kick out out of this okay then we see the briscoes do the doomsday device we see um i don't want to i wrote down that uh jay and ja jay and dax had like a really awesome interaction but i want to i'll talk about that later on i'll talk about that later on uh we ended up seeing cash put a uh, mark through the table but he nearly missed the table at one point which it looked like he barely got it so that was pretty interesting to see from there um and then finally dax did the power driver off the top rope on jay for the actual win now this is literally just a very very brief very breakdown <laughs> of what happened in this match because this match how long was the actual like time limit for this one uh, i mean I, not the time limit excuse me but how long did it actually go because it didn't hit the 60 minutes but it was nearing that uh let's see i have a window somewhere with it but i think it was around like 43 minutes i don't okay. know where my window went so we'll go all right but that. it was it was a good amount of time is what we're trying to get at here oh, and it uh it went oh 43 minutes 25 seconds look at that jesus <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right uh, 
Okay, so uh, well, I, let's start off with how you felt about this match, like overall. First off, this match had the all-time greatest punch exchange ever. Uh, I felt like when Cash Wheeler and I think it was Jay Briscoe um, were throwing those punches at each other, that was some of the most realistic punch exchanging I've ever seen in a pro wrestling ring. Um, and I love that. That stuff looked absolutely great. Um, again, storytelling here. Going back to the promo that uh, the Briscoes did with FTR uh, that aired on YouTube, and we've seen highlights and clips of, but one of the things that was the goal for the Briscoes in this match was that they didn't just want to win. They wanted to win two straight. And so... Uh, and they had been establishing that they were going to sweep them. They weren't interested in this match going to three. And so when they got that initial pinfall off the Doomsday device, it was like they could pull this off. Now, of course, if you've been watching pro wrestling long enough, you know that they weren't going to. But I like the story of the idea that now FTR has to work from behind. But in the process of working from behind, FTR did exactly what the Briscoes said they were going to do, which was win two straight. So then not only did the Briscoes lose, but they lost back-to-back in the way that they said that they were going to do it to FTR. So I also liked that little story, that little side thing uh, that they got their comeuppance there. Um, So much violence in this match. Uh, Cash Wheeler, or no, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, um, bleeding from the chest. By the way, that sign in the crowd that said Dax's mustache gives me hardwood was... Uh... No, no. <laughs> yes. I didn't see that one because I saw the one about the white claws, somebody asking TK to have white claws, and then there was the one about Vince, uh, Vince uh, day one uh, oh, without yeah, day Vince, one something DV. like AV, yeah. AV or something uh, after, after Vince. Vince. Yeah, yeah, AV, yeah, 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 there you go. Uh, but yeah, this was... So the, the bleeding from the chest for, of uh, Dax Harwood, um, just kind of showing the intensity of the exchanges. Um, but then Cash Wheeler also getting busted open. But then the Briscoes also bleeding. But it was all very intentional um, blood that could have all come hard way. And then, of course, uh, our referee, Paul Turner, also gets busted open. This was a match where everybody bled. And... Uh, I don't give a shit what anybody says. I've been watching wrestling my entire life. I'm 34 years old. God damn it. Blood is blood makes wrestling better. And that is just something that you will never convince me otherwise because of real fights, people fucking bleed. And in this match, I saw people um, fighting. I saw them fighting like hell and I saw them bleeding in the process of it. That to me is pro wrestling. This well, match was pro wrestling. Go ahead. Sorry to cut you say? off, but I literally thought you were about to be the, I thought you were about to do the, I'm a man, I'm 40. <laughs> when you were like, I'm 35. I was like, bro, he's about to go up and be like, I'm a man, I'm 40. <laughs> but I'll say this. I had fun with this. I had a lot of fun with it. Did I have as much fun as the first match? I don't know because I was there in person and screaming my head off. And then the Young Bucks came out after it. I was like, oh, my God, it's the Young Bucks. But uh, in this particular case, I still had a a hoot watching it from my couch. Uh, I There were some really believable near falls. Um, As you mentioned, both teams visibly got the victory with Paul Turner out, right? And the first one to get the victory was actually... 
the Briscoes, right? The Briscoes actually did have a visible pinfall on Dax Harwood. It was a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The fans saw it. They knew. And same with, uh, and then FTR got a visible victory. And uh, yeah, we had to kick out after the big rig. But ultimately, I thought the finish was brilliant. I could have seen the internet exploding over the idea, especially people who are already kind of anti-AEW, anti-this type of wrestling, would have exploded off of the idea of somebody kicking out after a pile driver off the second rope. And the fact that Dax hit it and got the pin, and so undecisively, in the way that he hit it, and then uh, just kind of like with the best effort he could, rolls him over and pins him with literally just his shins on his shoulder. Great stuff. Great storytelling. Great action. Great professional wrestling. Uh, I can't believe I've gone as long as I've gone having never seen FTR versus the Briscoes until this year. And now I've gotten to see it twice in 2022, and it ruled both times. Two out of three falls. I had a lot of fun with this. This was an A-plus match. It was definitely a lot of fun. And I think all of the moments that you mentioned, that I mentioned, just kind of added to a lot of what... Just like everything that went down during this was really, really cool. I think that they, I think that they gave the people what they wanted in the sense that they wanted a good, lengthy match that involved, you know, just a bunch of different stuff incorporated into it. And, you know, in the beginning, like you can tell right away, obviously they're going to go long. This is a two out of three falls. You can tell in the way that they were pacing themselves. And then as we continued on, you kept seeing that like a continue on. Right. And so I completely agree with you. I thought that a lot of the stuff that they did here was fun, but let's talk about, um, let's talk about the post-match stuff too, because afterwards, you know, FTR, uh, they did their, you know, little promo where they, you know, invited the Briscoes into the ring. They had, uh, you know, Dax was, you know, saying like, motherfucker, I love pro wrestling. Call me a Mark, this and that, I don't care. And it was just a lot of that. And then afterwards we ended up seeing a uh, Claudio and Wheeler and Regal coming down and staring off, uh, staring down FTR. Uh, so thoughts on what you thought about the closing and then also like uh, just how you felt. Like, were you surprised that like, not surprised, but rather like what's the direction that you think that they're going to go in with the Briscoes next? I, okay. With the Briscoes, I don't know. Um, what other tag teams are there in Ring of Honor? Uh, so <laughs> it's hard to say <laughs> right now. It's really hard to yeah. say. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I feel like there's plenty of options though. Like there's plenty of op like directions because again, we still, there's so much we don't know about ring of honor. We don't have any weekly TV. We don't know anything yet. So I, I know feel like, like, I'm like given that, that gives you plenty of directions. Like, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> so I have zero clue what you do with the Briscoes from here. Uh, but hopefully some great stuff. I mean, I would love to <laughs> see some horrible stuff, some no, horrible I mean, stuff. I would love to see them face the young bucks again, but I've seen that a thousand times, but also I would, I could not complain about seeing that one again. Uh, as far as who actually ended up coming out, which was the Blackpool Combat Club, we saw Wheeler Yuta and uh, and Claudio Castagnoli, the ROH Pure Champion and the ROH World Champion, come out and stare down with the ROH World Tag Team Champions. And my first thought was, 
God, is Brian going to get any gold? He's literally now the only member of the Blackpool Combat Club without a belt. That's which true. hopefully plays into a story because he's also the only one of the Blackpool Combat Club that enters through the heel tunnel. Will he start to feel a certain way about not having uh, – what was that eye roll there? That um, was just me going, mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. I was doing the eyeball emoji. Ah, okay. I, See, I, yeah, thought I was, was just... doing the eyeball. Oh, you thought I was rolling my eyes at you? No, yeah, I was doing I was... The, the, like, the, ooh, like, you know, eyeball emoji. Moving okay, them to the it's... side. Okay, fine. And the eye rolls like this, Will. <laughs> you see the okay, difference? Now, now I know a better Denise eye You see, roll this, this is like the, mm, the emoji, and then this one's like, hold on. Oh, tell, my God, my eyes are going right, crazy ch now. Chat, tell me if I was wrong in reading That it. was not an eye roll. That was a side glance for the eye, and then this is an eye roll. Yes. That's an eye roll. Okay, fair. It's a full turn. That said, uh, <laughs> the... <laughs> I, I so I wonder about that. I wonder what's Brian gonna do. What's he got to say about the fact that everybody in the Blackpool Combat Club's got gold but him now? Uh, when he returns this Wednesday, uh, I'm think I'm he's gonna be jelly. I hope so. That would make for a fun story. Um, will he want one of their titles? Because what else can he go after? But yeah, the fact that they uh and yeah say people are saying it was a side eye <laughs> um, yeah there you go that was but, the little side eye emoji yeah i don't know uh the... <laughs> why would oh, i yeah, roll my a... eyes at you will <laughs> i don't know that's why i'm asking uh so uh and they're saying in the chat they're like maybe the tnt title i could now i'm see doing that. the undertaker <laughs> are they even going back are they going back all the way wait not not quite no wait no. i can't do it <laughs> No, I used to be able to do it when I was a kid. It was more. I like can't a, do it. <laughs> I yeah. think I um, wait. Do it again. Hold on, let me see. Is it working? I can kind of, I can kind of see it. Yeah, yeah. You're okay. Now you lost it. You had ow, it there for a ow, second. It hurts. Um, yeah, I'm so, like, <laughs> is it like, working? Do, doing that'll give me a headache. Closing like an eyelid. <laughs> yeah, everybody's throwing out championships. Brian could win. Um, I don't know, but and I mean, uh, technically, this was all his idea, Brian, when he was like, "We all need to be," you know, trying to. I forgot what the hell he said in yeah. that promo, but this was really all his idea. Now he screwed himself. Exactly, he's the only one who doesn't have gold, uh, and he could go after any one of their titles: the pure title, the AEW World Championship. Uh, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to seeing Brian back, and I'm really glad that he made that announcement today at Comic Con, and then they showed the graphic for Brian. Brian Danielson versus Wheeler Yuta this fucking Wednesday. Let's fucking go, baby. Uh, so I I know what you're doing there. I know what you're doing there. So I'm just I'm I'm happy. All right. Well, let's get in some of these uh, Humper chats and Super Chats and all your chats. Uh, this one is from Matt J. Hendricks, who says, Not often does the same match of the year happen twice in one year, but FTR versus Briscoes were able to do just that. Really high praise there from Matt. Thank you so much to Matt for sending this in. Uh, this is from Syrian X, who says FTR versus Briscoes was a banger. This is the type of match I would have, uh, I would show a non wrestling fan to show why I love pro wrestling. Glad that ROH still exists. Is this a match that you would show a non wrestling fan? Curious because I don't think, I don't think I would. I think it's a little too like serious. I would think I would show something a little bit more, um, more like. Uh, I What's would your go to? A little different. What is your go-to? I'm curious. I don't have one. I've never had the opportunity to show a friend wrestling. Like I've never had that opportunity. Like there's never been a friend that I had that didn't watch wrestling and that I had the opportunity to show them something. Never, ever, ever. Oh. 
Man. You've not, you've had those opportunities? I did a podcast about that. Go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash wrestling with Will. And I had a podcast and a couple of them got taken down. But the first episode is is really great. Uh, it was me and my dear friend, Carolina, my best friend in the world. Um, and she sat sits down and watches Cody versus Dustin with me. Uh, and she's she doesn't watch any wrestling. And I did a whole podcast where I bring people in my life that oh you told me about that actually now i remember okay and i show them pro wrestling for the first time and get their opinions and thoughts on it and okay but that's different you had a podcast i've never done that with like in real life well the reason i did it was because it's kind of a real life thing for me of like i don't know i feel like if anybody even hints at me the slightest interest in pro wrestling i'm like all right, let's go. What would be your go-to though? If somebody oh, shit. Your I don't life even know. Honestly, you- I would show them something fun like a Royal Rumble. You know, I would show them something like that. I would show them some sort of like, you know, a ladder match or something. Like I would go like or I would go the lucha well, direction too. I would show so them like the- a lucha master or lucha match or something. Like I would go in a direction where um just a lot of like fast-paced action, you know? Mm-hmm. Something fun, something fun. Oh, yeah. I feel like this, like FTR Briscoes, I feel it's a little too like, I don't want to say serious, but it's a little bit more like for, for like people like us, you know? So <laughs> I, like, I, I don't disagree. think my mom would enjoy this, you know? If my mom went and watched FTR versus the Briscoes, she'd be like, oh, you know what? My mom did see GCW and she was like terrified by GCW? it. GCW? Yes, she saw it because I was got, showing her, I was showing amazing. her the spot that I did with Sean. And so we watched a little bit of GCW and she wanted to see me ring announcing because she'd never seen me. So she did watch a little bit of GCW. She actually watched Tony Deppin and Thunder Rosa wrestling together. And my mom had never seen like, you know, intergender wrestling. So she was just like, oh my God. Like every time Tony Deppin did something to to Thunder Rosa, she would just had like the, oh my God, like, oh my God, that's horrible, you know, like reaction. And I was like, this is, I was like, no mom, this is great. And I had to like explain to her what, you know, my opinions, obviously everyone has different opinions about intergender wrestling, but I gave her my version of it. She was like, the whole time she was just terrified. So my go-to thing, not so much match. I have a couple of matches that I like to show people. Um, but for me, what I feel like the, the biggest way I can hook somebody with pro wrestling is, is my, I always go to the thought of if I go too much to an extreme, like I go with a Royal Rumble, right? You're only going to get a Royal Rumble once a year. So I can't give somebody something that they're only going to see once a year if my goal is to hook them. So I want to give them the best of the type of wrestling you could possibly see on any given night. Um, and so to me, this is that type of match, right? That like, um, are you going to get Briscoes and FTR every night? No. But um, are you going to get tag matches every night? Yes. And so I want to give them the best of a regular type of match. I felt like, so like my mother-in-law moved in with us four or five months ago. And on occasion, she catches matches just because I watch a lot of wrestling because I have to cover a lot of wrestling. So she, she'll walk in the room and see what I'm watching. I feel like this is the type of match that I could have hooked her on simply because it's hard hitting. You didn't need to know much about the wrestlers. That's the other thing too, is it needs to be a match where you don't need to know much about who's in it. Um, my go-to I've shown a number. You don't of think people. it's too long showing a non-wrestling fan a 45 minute match. I think it is. Bro, I'd be sitting there like, nah, I'm out. I don't know what you're I, like. If anybody sat like... me down to teach me 45 minutes of the thing that they're interested in that I'm not interested in, I'd be like, peace. Sayonara. I Tudos. think that pro wrestling, I think it's a hang up that just wrestling fans have because like uh, when I look at, look at ratings, for example, right? Like there's this idea that 
people in pro wrestling say all the time, like, oh, you can't have long matches because they'll lose viewership. But, like, then you look at actual TV ratings, and that's never the case. Brian Danielson and um, and Hangman Adam Page going an hour increased the more people were watching it because the longer the match goes, the more people get into it and get more intrigued. And sometimes the best things that can happen, and somebody in the chat just noted, TV shows are 45 minutes. Like, if you if you can hook somebody and don't lose them, and make them lose track of time to where they look up and go, oh man, 45 minutes of my life just went by and I didn't even realize it. Then you've won them over. And I did that with Kenny and Hangman versus the Young Bucks. I have had, I have been able to hook people with that match. And all I gave them was the video package before the match, the entrances and the match, nothing else. They got it. And that's the best. Are they still fans? Uh, they ask me questions uh, all the time. But they'll do they like, watch? They'll message. They'll message. They don't have cable. Like that's the thing is like it's really. Hard I can't to hook picture people. it. Like I'm picturing the people in my life, all my friends. No, I can't picture them sitting down watching a 45 minute wrestling. It's match. hard to no hook way. like modern people now because like the average person just doesn't. Yeah, have cable no. These days. Um, but because another one I like to use is the triple threat: Brock, Seth Rollins, and John Cena is another match that is just so kind of like emotionally like get you on the edge of your seat. And it features guys besides John Cena that you could see today. So I don't know. I like doing that kind of stuff. I love talking to non-wrestling fans about pro wrestling. If they're interested, if they're like, if I am at least good enough at reading people to be like, don't talk to this person about this. They yeah. don't fucking care. But if they have the slightest interest, oh man, that's, yeah. you will be hooked by me and you're gonna be you're like those crazy people that just start talking about things that you don't want to talk about and you're just like shut up not interested oh yeah uh, you have to be able to read people's facial expressions if you cannot <laughs> yeah. read that somebody's literally not interested in this thing you have to talk about don't do it exactly all right let's go ahead and get these super chats in or these humper chats this one is from it's isaiah who says uh, bcc versus ftr winner take all question mark wow uh I possibilities I hope not because I don't want to see uh, FTR lose the ROH tag titles, but also which one gets the world title and which one gets the pure title. Can't and also, how do you defend a pure title without pure rules? Now, I you can't do it. Uh, there's no way that works. Jesus Garcia says, Paul Turner bleeding for the business tonight. FTR and the Briscoes can fight every week and I would watch it every week. Thank you so much, Jesus, for that comment. And then we got... Uh, Brent Lockman, who says, I was in the building for TakeOver Toronto. Seeing them call back to that moment with DIY was so awesome. Yeah, that was another thing, too. Uh, so thank you so much for bringing that up as well. Thank you to Brent. And we have another one from Kai, who says, this match was rough and stiff, hard-hitting shit. I appreciate the rhyming, by the way. Uh, thank you to Kai for sending that in, too. And um, all right, let me make sure that we got all of these Super Chats. We got a couple more from uh, earlier on, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap up this show. Um, all right, so this is last call, everybody, to get your chats, your your Super Chats, your Humper Chats, whatever you want to go ahead and send in. This is the last chance for that. Um, all right, this is from Ryan Lambert, who says, took my new girlfriend to uh, Forbidden Door. She was hooked into all of it. I think that's a pretty uh, good That's a pretty good one actually to take people to like a long like not like a long pay-per-view but i feel like the aw show, what show was it might have been revolution damn i forgot what show it was that my fiance took his nephew to and it was like the show where he really got to see a little bit of like everything that aew has to offer it might have been revolution well i forbid door i told the story somebody brought it up in the chat and wanted me to bring it up but uh there was the security guard i sat by the whole show who had never seen wrestling before and had no idea what he was like even at, but he, 
but because he had to face the crowd the majority of the time, he was like using his phone and like selfing to like watch it over his shoulder. And uh, but the thing he was like most taken by and I was enjoying watching him was him just looking at the facial expressions on the crowd and him asking me questions like, oh, who's that guy? Oh, who's this guy? And oh, uh, I would have been so annoyed. I would have been like, <laughs> look, you either watch the program. I ain't going to answer everything for you. <laughs> no, I was having fun with him because he saw everybody screaming for Okada. Oh, see, you like, have patience, Will. I would have been I, so irritated. Uh, I was like, yeah, uh, this, this is cool. I was actually... Uh, really enthused because he thought it was like a touring thing. He was uh, he was like, so how many of these uh, like Japanese events have they done with the, the Japanese and the would you say it was AEW? And uh, I said, this is the one. You're at the one guy. And he's like, oh really? This isn't like a tour? This is crazy. And uh, I was just it was great. I had so much fun sitting next to this guy. He's actually the guy who phoned in the call to get those people ejected who were. Uh, th- oh, so that's the ones how- that were the ones that were starting the drama. When I texted okay. you about that, yeah, I yeah. knew because I was sitting right next to him as he like phones it in, and uh, so I or he radios it in. That's the term I was looking for. So, uh, all right, little insight into my forbidden door. Stay anyway. What else we got? All right, we got a couple bit here. This is from uh, Jeff Housen who says JD Drake on a cruise is exactly how I imagined the perfect vacation. I'd need to. S- Smuggle some spotted cow on board, though, like it's shown here. Thank you to Jeff Housen. And then we have this one from Brent who says, uh, this one has, uh, hold on. Oh, this one has not been read. Sorry. This is a note from Luis, I think. He says, or uh, I don't know. Okay, Brent says, seeing Claudio at the, t- at the end there made me think we were about to see the return of the Kings of Wrestling and all would be right in the world. Thank you to uh-huh. Brent for also sending that one in. And sorry, I got this one in late. Yeah, I, I don't know if that you. ever happens, but um, that would be great. But uh, I I think Claudio's pretty happy where he is in Blackpool Combat Club. Now, this one's a little bit long here. <laughs> Apparently, Tony Khan name-dropped Jeremy Lambert on the scrum is what I'm getting here. <laughs> that happened in the scrum today. Oh, <laughs> All right, um, here we cool. go. Let's get this one in. This one is from Van Twinblade, who says... Uh, Yo, Will, after I sent in my Grap City chat, we got some bad news. Due to a mix of scheduling, uh, mole athletics, fuckery, travel issues, and COVID changes were made. Davey Richards, Rohit Raju, Brooke Valentine, Lainey Luck, Matt Fitchett, August Matthews are out. New change names, GPA uh, versus Ethan Price, Heather Reckless versus Jody Threat, The Hustler, and The Muscle V Grindhouse versus Technical Difficulties, Jay Marston versus Kenny Alfonso. Raju V. Richards will be rescheduled. So I'm assuming you know what this is all about. Of course I do. It's always okay. Van Twinblade uh, giving his Glory Pro updates every single podcast, uh, and it's great. Thank you, Van Twinblade. All righty. And last but not least, here we go. Uh, this is from Marie Ren, who sends in a humper chat, saying, love to both Fightful teams tonight. I love wrestling. Thank you, Tony Khan. This is what I remember sparking my love of wrestling. Thank you so much. And I think that is the perfect way uh, to wrap up this show. But before we go, we'll take the floor let the people know where they can find you. Uh, that's right. You can find me. Uh, where can you find me? Let's see. We can start with City. That's a show I do every Saturday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, and that is uh, right here at YouTube.com slash Fightful. You can also find me on Beyond the Bells. I host that show every other week for Women's Wrestling Army. And that can be found. Uh, w Wrestling Army is the YouTube account. Um, and, or not YouTube account, that's a Twitter account. 
Uh, and again, I host that show every week. I interviewed Maria Canellis this past week, uh, so we got to get some cool updates on what's next for Women's Wrestling Army. And of course, I host Day After Dynamite every Thursday at the time keeps changing. Basically, I guess it's when I feel like hosting it. Uh, but Day After Dynamite typically airs somewhere between 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern every Thursday. Uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Final super chat from Steve Romero, who says, listening to Tony on the scrum, I just came back here to say thank God Tony brought, bought Ring of Honor. I am going to check out the scrum here pretty much as soon as we're done. All righty. And you guys know where to find me. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. F4W online Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please give this video a like. Subscribe to Fightful Wrestling. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone.